Okay, me and Ned have just driven two and a half hours. It was only about 140k, but it was through the mountains. Um, we're in the middle of a storm. It's absolutely sheeting it down outside. We've just ordered a pizza. Uh, we've got a bottle of red wine and the, uh, the lights have gone. Uh, the whole town, the lights have gone out. Um, it's completely blacked out outside. All the lights have gone. Ned's filming it. I'm podding it. Um, you can hear the rain outside. Uh, it's like being in a film, but in real life. You can hear the rain. I'm going to go out and just... You can hear the rain outside. It's quite unusual. Yeah, I'm not going to open the door, actually. That's a silly thing to do. There's an emergency light. Um, there's a couple eating curry in front of us to no light. And this add, adds to the romance. Oh, the, it's just amazing. Well, let's get back to Ned. Ned, Ned tried to film it. Um, I don't know how he got on. Ned, that was quite a stressful drive, wasn't it? Um, and it's quite strange. I've never been in a restaurant in Italy. Having, oh, the lights are back on. We, we're back, back in the room, aren't we? Well, we thought we'd lucked out because... Um, very selfishly, as soon as the blackout happened, we, we went, oh no, the blackout, and then we were worried instantly about our food, not about health and safety. Yeah. But then we went, but it's all right, because we both ordered pizza and it's a wood-fired pizza, so yeah. we thought, they can't black out the wood. No. So, but anyway, the, the emergency generators kicked in or something, so the evening is saved, but yeah, it's been a pretty brutal transfer, to be honest. It has indeed, and um, even worse, I'm not, <laughs> got to reception, bit bedraggled, uh, tired, exhausted, and uh, I'm not the greatest fan of gnomes, and in the reception, well, there was a, a giant gnome, uh, and you couldn't see his eyes, just a massive beard and a weird nose. And so it's been a, a tough evening, to be honest with you. That's thunder. You can hear that in the background. Audible. Well, folks, it's time for my final. Yes, this is the last one. I believe it's episode four, Reportage, a montage-style podcast from the Giro d'Italia in 2022. And I'm recording this from the airport hotel Verona. And uh, the owners of the hotel, um, or the company that owns it, have given themselves four stars. Um, and it's little logo um, underneath, and a little hashtag, Congress, and then in a slightly slanty font, and relax. Um, there you go. Um, it's quite a nice room, actually. A bigger bed than yesterday. That was an absolute nightmare, uh, as you'll find out a little bit later in the podcast. It was like sleeping on a on a chaise lounge, or it took me back to the the late 1970s when you had a camp bed um, and a sleeping bag. Um, yeah, so it was a little bit sad. Anyway, um, I'm feeling quite pleased that it's over in one way, because it's a really long slog, but it's also been an absolute... It's been a treat. I, I really love this race. Every single edition of the Giro d'Italia, of course, is different. Um, Ned is great company. He's bonkers, um, but he's great company. And um, so I'm feeling relieved to go home, but also I will miss the Giro d'Italia, but it will come round very, very quickly. And I'm looking forward to a couple of drinks in Verona. Hopefully the plan is to pop into Verona tonight uh, with a couple of the uh, my friends, from the Italian crew, uh, Massey, who's a, a wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful guy, um, and the rest of the crew for a few pints tonight. Um, but on this particular podcast, I'll be taking you through the final six stages of the race by picking out some key moments that will uh, hopefully live long in my memory. Well, they will actually. But first, I want you to listen to a few clips to give you a flavour of what it's like to be on the road here uh, with me and my very own. I don't think you'll mind if I call him my very own. 
Ned Bolting. I actually, while I think of it, I want to say a massive thank you to Ned for being such a great companion on the road and also, of course, for his contribution to this very podcast. And he's been very generous and kind with his time and he's just made me laugh a lot as well. Now, if you're in Britain and you want a bit more of Ned, he's coming to a town near you. Believe you me, he is. He's all over the place. His brand new, actually yet to exist, which is Strike Strange, live show, Ritor de Ned, is playing right across Britain. So just Google Ritor de Ned and you'll find all the ticket information there. Uh, and I must pop along myself because he's playing in Buxton, uh, which isn't too far from where I live. Now, you're about to hear a bunch of clips I recorded on my phone, so it skews the quality, although I think it's actually come out reasonably well. Anyway, starting with a thrilling report from the queue of a supermarket. Right, I'm uh, at the start of, sorry, finish of stage. 17 um, love a little finishing place <clears throat> just had a mooch about I'm in, the, I'm in the supermarket now just in the queue thought I'd give you a little bit of a supermarket queue ambience and give you an idea of what snacks that we go for uh, for the first time I've gone for a oh sorry it's just a, a bloke just said Prego come over here uh, which means come over here Prego please has opened a new queue to speed things up so this is live um, and I've got a packet of pizza Pringles um, a baguette which I'm going to put some ham in. I've got some barbecue sauce to make it a bit kind of spicier. Punnet of strawberries, mini one, and a little bag of pistachios. Uh, and earlier on, I had a coffee with Ned at this little cafe, and it was on like a, some decking. And as I said goodbye, I stepped back and nearly wiped out, nearly fell over. Um, and I had to write myself and pretend all was cool, when in fact it wasn't. I was really embarrassed and twisted my ankle. Anyway, I'm just about to pay for this stuff, so I'm signing off. Just thought I'd give you a glimpse of what it's like inside uh, a supermarket. It's called... We call it Gonad, but it's actually called Conad. Uh, just here at the top of the uh, Marmalada Climb, all the riders have crossed the line. The D-rig has started to begin. Uh, clouds are rolling in. It's got a bit colder, actually. Uh, but what a decisive, ultimately, stage that was with uh, Carapaz cracking and Jai Hindley moving emphatically into the, uh, into the Malia Rosa. Um, most powerful bit for me and just showing how much riders invest and care and feel responsible for the, the, their, their team's effort was the sight of, um, of Carapaz crossing the line utterly empty and then in tears um, moments later you know, his uh, dreams possibly shattered of winning a second year at Italia, but uh, the climb that they finished on today, proper Dolomiti um, climb, fearsome slopes, and the wind changed as well, meaning there was no shelter for anybody at all on this climb. It was uh, everybody for themselves, but the role that Lennart Kemner played was uh, very, very important. So a tactical masterstroke, and then just Jai Hindley let rip and uh, opened up. I think an unassailable lead so there's still that time trial to come but yeah just a few words from me at the top of um, one of the most beautiful places in the world I think it's fair to say got the Dolomites towering around me uh, absolutely stunning views from the top here um, the dream shattered for one man and it looks like we're going to have an Australian that's going to possibly win the Giro d'Italia second a couple of years ago and, uh, and now he's looking good now, we've got the small matter now of a three-hour drive. Ned's just doing, about to just see his little face. 
um, about to do um, his post-stage wrap-up. Then we've got the best part of 500 meter walk to the car, which is by lake. Um, and then we'll hot-foot it, or slow-foot it, back down the descent uh, and head to Verona. Um, and I'll, I'll probably have a chat about me tea. I just basically mostly eat a nuts today. Um, I had two packets of Pringles, two tubes of Pringles, passport flavour, smoky bacon flavour, but I haven't had them. I didn't eat them. I just had an entire bag of, um, of pistachios, and I feel a bit weird. So I've got, like, not I wouldn't say nut sickness, but I've got nut nausea ahead uh, of our journey. So I feel a bit strange. Um, I don't know whether it's just a build-up of wind or just pure protein. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, I'm rambling now. It's getting a bit chilly. I'm going to pop my coat on. Um, we're basically in a queue on a little country lane out of a lagoon at the top of the, the Marmalada. And um, a chap in a tracksuit uh, rushed by me and I noticed it was Joy Hindley uh, with a little hat on, a bag, and it looks like he's now walking across some, some rocks. He's, uh, not, he's, on, he's, he's cycling his bicycle. Uh, to uh, some sort of air vehicle. I believe it's a small helicopter. Yeah, he is. He's now got... I can, I can watch you. You're driving, but he's... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a kind of like it was a really gravelly car park full of jagged rocks and he was riding his bicycle across to a parked helicopter that I think he's about to get in and fly off the mountain which is cheating really it, it's also peak cycling isn't it you know the Giro d'Italia newly crowned leader he's not crowned well he's crowned the leader not the winner of the race but riding in the opposite direction of the traffic um, at any moment he could have ends up in a lagoon yeah, and we'll drowned get, wait I, I was worried he'd get a puncture yeah you were you were saying before we even put no, I don't know whether on. he's got a puncture repair kit or anything you know well, that just gives it another, a completely another dimension. When you think about it like that, yeah. wow. That's that Jai Hindley taking off in his helicopter live uh, on the podcast. had a brief chat with Enrico Gasparotto as well say brief like eight second chat and he said well I can't say he used an expletive and they said my first Giro so emotional there we go we're in a B&B hotel it's the final day um, of the Giro d'Italia we um, came here last night quite late after um, quite a long journey where we missed a service station. That was stressful, wasn't it? Um, yeah, because we thought we'd have to do another 50 kilometres before the next one. And what we really wanted more than anything else was some hot food from the Auto Grill franchise, yeah. which we've become quite fond of. But um, it wasn't to be, but we um, you know, recalibrated and went again. Quite stressful when we arrived here as well at the B&B Hotel, wasn't it? It was a little bit. Um, just to remind people, B&B Hotel actually sponsor a French cycling team whose most illustrious rider is Pierre Roland, who won a stage of the Giro, which weirdly we passed through the location of his win. Yeah. So there's a weird synergy to today, uh, to yesterday's day. But anyway, we, we, we rocked up. Yesterday's day. Yesterday's day. <laughs> just that thing. 
don't, I, I see what I mean. I'm running out of words and properly structured sentences now. Um, went to reception. Um, very charming young lady at reception. Very kind, uh, patient, but there was something wrong. Um, and she didn't have our room numbers. So I wanted some food because I didn't eat anything at the at the service station. You had one good sandwich and one disappointing sandwich. And I was nut bound. I'd just eaten too many pistachios. So I was happy to eat later. So I left my stuff at reception, my bags. Still on, I didn't know what room I was going to get in. So you take up the story, Ned. Well, you were getting a bit hangry. And you were also under pressure from um, uh, our Italian colleagues who, uh, for whom dinner is a priority. Oh, yeah, uh, and they were sort of like waiting outside, wanting to go to a steakhouse around the corner in this industrial estate where the B&B hotel. They're often located in industrial yeah. estates, but that, there's nothing wrong with that much. Um, but... Uh, so anyway, so, so I said, well, you go off with them because they were clearly getting a bit impatient. Yeah. I'll make sure that your luggage is here and then, I'll, uh, and then you collect your room key when you come back. So off you went and then there was a long, prolonged wait while they disappeared into the office and I thought something's gone wrong here. Yeah. And then a, <coughs> a, a, a gentleman I'd, from the reception area behind the desk popped out who I'd not seen previously and he strode over towards me with a smile on his face and said, so, we have a solution. And at this point, I'm going, well, I didn't even know there was a problem, to be honest. So yeah, don't, don't told you, hadn't they? Don't, don't, don't start talking to me about solutions before you've explained what the problem is. Yeah. You know, point. Like, there's, a point of, there's a missing point of logic in the story there. But he was very pleased himself. The solution then presented itself as follows, that you and I <laughs> will be sharing a room. Which we've never done before, Ned. I mean, we, we didn't even do that back in the, the early days of, of telly, did we? The Tour of Britain, we had a room each. Yeah, it's, it's a fun, you know, you're in your 50s, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah. so, uh, so anyway, but, and then he said, and even better than that, he said, because he's really pleased with his solution, um, the girls from behind reception, he said the girls, quite patronising, he said, they've gone upstairs to push the beds apart. <laughs> Flip the neck. Yeah. And you sent me a text, uh, said, Matt, we're sharing. Another singular text with no emojis, no punctuation, not joking. And, and my jaw dropped. And, um, and, uh, and I, I just sat in, in the restaurant, and um, the two chaps I sat with, Massey and Andrea, looked at me and said, Matt, is everything okay? And they could sense my, my stress, my worry, my concern. Not that I don't mind sharing with you, but it's, but it's just weird, isn't it? On the, on the plus side, when I got in, it was, it was actually a kind of suite with a dividing, uh, partitioning door. Yeah, an actual um, door, yeah. And, and on the plus side, there were two different beds. One was a, a really quite luxurious-sized, king-sized double bed, and, the, and, and that was clearly the one I took. And, and on the plus side, for me, your bed, how would you describe your bed? Uh, narrow. Uh, it was how I described it. It was more of a, more of a chaise lounge. Um, it was it was clearly a couple. What was at some point a, a, a rather cheap moyen sofa, uh, and it looked and it looked completely out of place, turned at the angle it was in the middle of the room, uh, with this singular uh, uh, light and just this plug in the wall, and it looked very very sad. Um, and I sat on it and I, I managed to take a photo of it and I put it on the internet and got a lot of a lot of a lot of love back and a lot, a lot of people saying, Matt, how, how, do you, how can you cope? Um, but I did sleep. I slept okay, but it was it was just it was just slightly sad. But I had a good sleep, but a sad sleep. And I actually dreamt a little gorilla uh, was picking things out of my ears during the, during the night. <laughs> so that takes us to breakfast. Doesn't it? <laughs> that takes us to breakfast, and we've been fascinated by the sight of. Um, Bardiani CSF going about their breakfast routine. At the moment, I'll give you a live update. Sasha yeah. Modolo 
um, is staring with intent concentration at the uh, coffee machine and he selected I think judging by where his position of his finger is halfway down the dial I think that's a cafe macchiato that Sasha Modolo the erstwhile top level Italian sprinter has selected yeah, top um, five Milan San Remo a couple of stage wins in the Giro in the past yeah. and next to him uh, oh no that isn't David Gabor no, it's one of the other Bardiani it's one of the other Bardiani's now we love the Bardiani team Bardiani C- CSF uh, but they're very very similar on the bike there's only two we can actually recognise on the bike and one of them is one of our favourite riders in the Giro Davide Gabura and we saw him in real life we actually thought he was 40-45 years of age <laughs> turns out he's 18 like all cyclists they are sometimes they look in their mid-40s on a bike and actually as you say in their late teens in real life and they also can look enormous on a bicycle not the case with Davide Gabura who still no. looks tiny on a bicycle yeah. and even smaller in real life but he was tiny. interestingly because we were just sitting here staring at them really we he, was, he was in conversation Gabura took a long time over the breakfast buffet choices I mean he's only just gone it was fully 10 minutes browsing the um, slightly woolly apples that are laid out that no one normally touches the array of warm yogurts available yes. and the stale cake yeah. and, um, and packet biscuits dried packet biscuits that and are, euro rusks yes euro rusks but, but there is some honey on offer um, anyway he took a long time making his choice because it is a difficult choice sometimes at the Italian breakfast yeah um, but for a while he was interrupted by and that was quite interesting wasn't it a man twice his size and yep. half his age um, uh, who was in, who was in the uh, breakaway into Treviso it, it uh, looked in his company it did it looked like it was a B&B breakfast production of, of David and Goliath at the, at, the, at the breakfast bar didn't it it yep. was Eduardo Affini who is a towering giant in the peloton isn't he yeah uh, one of the most well, the biggest engines out there um, but we stood in real life no more than 12-15 feet away um, but he still looked big but looked like a relatively normal man in real life, didn't he, with quite thin arms. So the biggest, most imposing figure in the peloton of the Giro is like just a normal fella who's slightly skinny. Yes, that's the conclusion, <laughs> that's the conclusion of, this, of this bit of the pod, yes. So, yes, that's it. I yep. mean, we're in our booth, we've just gone through the very long and also quite beautiful um, closing ceremony um, or presentation ceremony of the Giro d'Italia and there's the the gantry literally uh, being whipped twi- yeah winched hoiked, away hoiked off on a crop yeah we just had um, Silvio Martinello come over and um Wish us all the best to say that goodbye. Was quite nice, quite yeah, nice because he's, uh, he's, 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 he's a nice guy and he's also really good looking. He's handsome, isn't he? He's a handsome is he, man. Is he, is he, he's in his mid fifties, isn't he? He's a handsome man, man. And uh, I think we've just got to accept that. And he's called Silvio Martinello. I know he's got good hair, good yeah. skin. Yeah. But wonderfully tanned, very Italian. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, he yeah. wouldn't wear a coral uh, polo like you. Yeah. He w- buttons. He w- he'd wear a coral polo, though, wouldn't he? Of course he would. But he wouldn't wear it like me. He'd wear yeah, a better. Oh, we would. We need a face-off next year. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Verona, a lovely city, and that amphitheatre is absolutely gorgeous. But uh, there you go, Jai Hindley, finally. Well, not finally, but he, he did it, didn't he? Yeah, it's a I curious, mean, um, a curiously serene sort of thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, the, they knew how good he was. Yeah. It became abundantly apparent, didn't it? Because there was some puzzlement, wasn't there, about why, why didn't you, why didn't they attack Carapaz? He only got three seconds. They've got to take every opportunity that they can. And that was the kind of like perceived wisdom right up until stage 20, the back end of stage 20. Yeah. And the benefit of hindsight, you know, this is 24 hours later, actually, and he's just won the time, just clinched the victory at the time trial. Um, you know, they were kind of, 
He was just he just spent he just spent three weeks eyeing up Carapaz, yeah. just going, yeah, yeah, confirmation, confirmation. I've got him. I've got him. Took a stage yeah. run on the way just to make him feel a little bit a bit yeah. more nervous, and then yeah. it, in, in the end, there was like an a, assassin-like composure about the way he took Carapaz apart on that final climb yesterday. It was brutal to watch unfold, but boy, did Carapaz battle to the line yesterday and actually battle to the finish. Managed to take a few seconds back, but it wasn't yeah. to be, was it, for Carapaz? But yeah. I think it was a noble battling performance. But he's beaten by the better man. Uh, yeah, over the three weeks, simple as that. Yeah, simple you're that. you're slipping quite naturally and quite comfortably into pure punditry there, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, totally. Not, that's chatting. not really in the style of your podcast, it's is not. it? From what I picked up on your podcast, no, it's is, not. I, I don't. I went into. Yeah. Uh, it's quite earnest. That was. Yeah, a little bit earnest, but. Um, back into podcast mode this place has been dismantled around us uh, we've got a little plastic shield between us and, the, and, the, and, and Martinello it's, it's gone, gone. It's gone. Um, we're at risk of actually having the, the floor removed uh, but you've got to do your highlights very soon to a yeah, better rattle along yeah, with this isn't yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. but Ned um, I've enjoyed this three weeks it's been a bit of a laugh it's been strange at times boy I think we should rig up some sort of camera or audio system in the car because that would be a, a separate, completely separate proposition some of the waffle and absolute um, lunacy that we've been talking about but it's been a pleasure though mate I've really enjoyed oh, yeah. it once again mate second one we've done together isn't it it's um there has been lunacy yeah. I would agree yeah it's at times it's actually kind of like, it worried you it's worried me slightly because it's there's that yeah it's like the tenuous grasp that I have on reality you have been pulling away at those cords <laughs> quite and um yeah, at times it's been... But it's been fun, Matt. It has been fun. I've, no, I've really enjoyed it. No, it's really been fun. It. Now, so essentially we've been on a three-week two-man tour uh, yeah. of Italy. Now, I believe, Ned, uh, from finding out on the internet and for you telling me using words, yeah. that you're on a one-man tour of, I, I am. of our lovely country, aren't you? So do you want to talk a little bit about that? So, Because I think people have really quite enjoyed it. We've... People have, oh, yeah, people have that's taken very presumptuous. Well, no, people have. Well, no, at least <laughs> half a dozen people, Ned. Yeah, numbers of people. Numbers of numbers people. Numbers of people. Have no, said, yeah. People have got right. in touch and said yeah. they liked the pod. Okay. Uh, they like what you do, but I believe you, you can. You're doing some stuff later in the year. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, uh, I'd like uh, to come uh, and see you. Covid, mate. Covid has kind of stymied my plans to carry on doing what I have been doing. I've done three tours, national tours of kind of what, strange as it sounds, an evening of kind of borderline stand-up comedy about cycling in general and Tour de France specifically and I've done three, uh, for three years I've toured with different material. I've going to write an entirely new show for this year. Have you written it yet? But, no! <laughs> Sorry, no, that's but I, no. I went out for a run this morning and I had an idea but I've forgotten because I'm 52, I've forgotten what the idea was now. So I, and I, don't, I don't run with a notebook. You need to run with your phone. You don't run with the phone. I don't run with the phone. I don't run with anything except my head. What, you need to run with like an assistant. No, obviously I have my legs as well. A tiny little assistant running alongside. That's a good idea. Anthony, no. <laughs> Anyone really? But yeah. Anthony McCrossan, if he was available, would be. Of course he was. It's a bit yeah. shorter yeah. than me. That's he's great at note taking, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yes, I am. Uh, so it begins in October. So I haven't got uh, the show doesn't exist, but it will. It will. Trust me. Um, so the dates begins, exist, but the show I'm going to rattle through. So it starts on, on the 8th of October, and I go to Plymouth, yep. Launceston, Poole, Newport, Bristol, Exeter, yep. Froome. Oh, I used to live near there. Yeah, that's a great place, isn't it? And it if quite, you put another quite a strongly cycling related yeah, name there. Definitely. Uh, Doncaster. Um, oh, I missed one out. The Courtyard in Herefordshire. Yep. Burnley Mechanics Theatre, Southport, the Accent Theatre. That's beautiful. Yep. Colwyn Bay. Colwyn Bay, one of two uh, Welsh states. 
it's Buxton Opera House. That's been the there. That's, that's a cracker. That's York, the me. Grand Opera House. That's enormous. Um, the King's Hall at Ilkley. Been there before. Newcastle upon Tyne. The Tyne Theatre, which is brilliant. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Lincoln New Theatre. Uh, Cheltenham Town Hall. Been there before. Richmond Theatre in Surrey. That's the London date. The most beautiful theatre in um, that I've ever been to. Uh, we packed it out last time. It's and brilliant. That's local to Sigma. Uh, nearly there. Newbury Corn Exchange. Southampton Mars Theatre. Horsham in Surrey. Yeah. Uh, Leamington Spa. Every tour I've been there. Salford Lowry. That's almost sold out. Uh, as is the Leeds City Varieties. Uh, that's almost sold out as well, so get, get your tickets if you can. Uh, Loughborough Town Hall, Bury St Edmunds, Apex, been there before, Ulverston, um, the Coro Theatre, and finally Edinburgh, the Queen's Hall. Now, Ned, you read them all off a website. It's important yeah. that Ent- people know what that website's called. Now, do it slowly. Ents, as in entertainment, ents24.com. Ents24.com, um, then just go in there and search for Ned Bolting. I'm going to spell that for you. ENTS24.com, uh, and then you'll find Ned's tour. Ned, I'm going to come along. Cheers. Um, and no, it's been a pleasure, mate. I've had a right laugh, and, uh, and thanks for joining me on and this there, pod. There's Johnny well. Indy with there's Can I just Jai. say something? He's just won the Trofeo Senza Fine, which translates as the trophy without end, yep. that has a very abrupt end on it. Well, there was a giant, just sliced, yeah. a giant, a giant Trofeo Senza Fine the other day we went past on a roundabout, and you, you put, he said, Matt, I've got a problem with that trophy. He said, what? It's got an end. He said, it's got an end. Quite clearly. Yeah. It's got an end. Well, so is this podcast. So, but on telly, we're not allowed to say that. So we have to say, isn't it a beautiful trophy? Isn't it beautiful? But actually, in reality, it's got an end. I think we... It's a misnomer. We would be um, taken to task if we actually openly sacked. stated on World Feed that this trophy's got an end. Yeah. Um, would exactly. it, would we'd be relegated from World has, Feed yeah. to County Feed, wouldn't we, at best? I'd still do that, though. What? Which county? Uh, I don't know. Northampton? Yeah, I do Northampton. If Northamptonshire County Council wants to get in touch and they want us back for yeah. the Euro next year, we are available. We are with decent rates as well. Yeah. Ned, cheers. Cheers. It has been an absolute blast working with Ned. It always is. But my own personal thoughts on the Giro d'Italia. Um, aside from the racing, um, it's just, it is my favourite Grand Tour, I, I think. Um, and now I've seen it from multiple different angles. I think this is my ninth Giro d'Italia. Um, I've done a couple, two or th- no, three now with RCS. I've done several back with GCN and also I've done some with Eurosport. And then of course I've ridden it, um, once as well. So, um, it's, at, and, and when I wrote it, it was 20 years ago. So I really get these, these nostalgic feelings every time I come back here. I love Italy and, and it's, it's rich texture. It's in, it's imperfections as well. And, um, the difference in the South to the North, the ridiculously brutal yet beautiful mountain ranges and the intensity of the racing. And it's a funny one being on the, doing what I'm doing now because we are at every single finish. So we don't often get that many opportunities to, um, to speak to riders, but I have been texting a couple of riders um, about the way things have gone. So that's nice to keep a connection with a couple of my mates in the peloton, occasionally a couple of team managers as well. Um, but my overwhelming um, thoughts on this year at Italia are that history has been made on a couple of occasions, you've got Benjamin Gramai winning that stage um, that seems like an eternity ago now. Um, first black African, of course, to win a stage of a grand tour. And uh, to do it in the style that he did was nothing short of magnificent. Then ultimately, Jai Hindley winning. Um, winning the race after coming second two years ago now to Teo, um, having a difficult year and then winning the race in the manner that he did on oh God, one of the most brutal, beautiful, so brutal, i said it again, brutal. I, I, we, that word came out of me being tired on air and mangling the word beautiful and brutal at the same time. And even on air today at the end, wrapping up, 
Ned actually mentioned it, and, and he believes it should go into the lexicon of cycling words, um, but it was just an, a, a real mistake. But yeah, brutal. Um, it's just a, a, just a wonderful race. And, and quite often it's not just, um, that was just my computer pinging because I'm live in my hotel room. Um, it's the race itself for me is just, um, it's just a tour, um, a cultural tour. Um, and you go through so many different highs and lows as well. They're long days and, and you get to know people really, really well. And you get to find, find out a lot about people. You find out a lot about yourself because the working days are ridiculously long, but it's just brilliant fun. Um, but I will be looking forward to heading home and recuperating for a bit. Um, but it's been another brilliant Giro. There's something special about it, something intangible uh, that I think makes it the best Grand Tour. Uh, there's a beautiful romanticism. The Italians really take it to their hearts. They cherish the race and all of its imperfections. And I think it was raced r- ridiculously intensely this year. We've got this new, we're in this new era of sport of cycling now um, where every day is raced pretty much from flag to line. Um, a lot of the older riders don't particularly like it. They're not used to it because there's la- a lack of control. But as a as a neutral and as a commentator trying to convey the race to people, I, I really quite like this this new era of racing that that's um, that's been heralded in over the last couple of years. So, only fond memories. Um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to all being well coming back um, in a year's time. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening to this special series of podcasts. Um, It's been a little bit experimental, um, but I've listened back a few times and I quite like it. And and actually, um, my wife, Holly, she doesn't often listen to my podcasts because they're very, very cycling-centrical. But the other day, she texted me from a station up north and said she was lolling out loud. And that, for me, is well, job done, basically. Anyway, I'm going to take a few days off now to recharge and then the regular Matt Stevens Unplugged podcast will return very soon indeed. So that will be back. That's something we all love doing. Um, also, please do keep an eye out because we've got some new cafe rides coming very, very soon. We've got one already filmed and in the bag and ready to roll. And we've got a couple, two or three actually, planned for later in the year. So I'm very much looking forward to getting those filmed and getting your eyeballs on them. Um, So to make sure you don't miss them, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss them, basically. And I'm very, very excited about those. And also, don't forget to recommend this podcast to a friend. And if you want to get in touch on social media, it's at Real Stevens and or at Sigma Sports. And also via email as well. That's podcast at sigmasports.com. Thanks again, everybody. Cheers all. Stay safe. And I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye.